Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I got an interview with Dr. Mark King of the Motion Palpation Institute and of Mountain Lookout Chiropractic up in Cincinnati, Ohio. He is still a practicing DC, been doing it for quite a while, has uh, many irons in the fire, and today we're going to discuss the idea of group practice. Um, you know, we decided to form this little small group called the Support Collaborative, which is about six of us. And it's all about trying to um, dive into some of the options, alternatives, and uh, just different ideas that chiropractors can go uh, with this changing environment. Um, it's, it's been a difficult environment for the profession anyway. And then before this whole thing, it's definitely made it more difficult potentially for young DCs to get good jobs at pay fair. Uh, or for owners to be able to afford uh, associates or partners or to pay fair. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, issues. You know, there's definitely part of the uh, chiropractic population that has taken advantage of the situation, but the, the unfortunate reality is there's a lot of well-meaning uh, owners out there uh, that just can't afford an associate. Uh, they need one or want one, and so they go about it and get one, but they try to pigeonhole it because it's just there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, they're having a hard time feeding, uh, you know, kind of paying themselves in a, in a lot of times. Uh, so that's where we're at, but it doesn't mean we have to just give up. And so we're going to really uh, try to push the envelope with some good ideas and dive into some situations where maybe we can start to turn that tide around a little bit and have opportunities for young docs and students coming out. Uh, to learn a lot, to get paid fairly, to have a group setting or any other. It doesn't have to be a group setting, but this particular episode is going to be on that. Uh, but just an opportunity to learn and get a lot out of it, but to get you know paid fair wages. And then for the owner, and especially the owners that maybe are looking at an exit strategy uh, down the road or in the near future, having some um, you know good doctors into their practice that could potentially take over that practice. So uh, we dive into that conversation with the group practice. It looks many different ways. We touch on some of it. Uh, we'll probably continue to dive into this topic, uh, whether it's through podcasts or posts in the Facebook group or blogs. And we're just going to really try to get some information out there. Uh, before we, we dive into that, that interview, um, Motion Palpation is having their second annual virtual summit, and I'm going to be hosting that uh, with them. And so it's kind of a collaboration of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Group and Motion Palpation Institute. We did one last year that went great. Uh, we're taking it up a level, and we've got, uh, we've got an opportunity that came from this whole shutdown where uh, there's no live workshops for the Motion Palpation Institute right now. And so we were able to get all of the MPI instructors and a couple, uh, let's call them adjunct instructors, to uh, contribute to this virtual summit. It's going to be July 10th and 11th. It's a Friday and Saturday. I don't have any links or anything right now. I just want you to mark it in your calendar. Uh, but we've got everybody from, uh, I'm just going to go down the list. And what we're doing here is it's going to be hands-on presentations. So it'll be videos of these 
these doctors going over a uh, condition or a, a body part. And actually, it's going to be hands-on assessments and obviously not hands-on for you, but they're going to be demonstrating what they do for assessments and treatments and everything like that. So it won't be uh, didactic lectures other than uh, Dr. David Seaman will be doing a nutrition topic uh, didactically, but everything else will be, you know, really showing you how to assess, palpate, uh, you know, examine and, and treat. And we've got uh, Dr. Mark King is going to be doing patellofemoral issues. Dr. Corey Campbell is going to be doing the hip. Dr. Brett Winchester is going to be doing TMD. Dr. David Seaman will be doing a nutrition topic. We got Dr. Thomas Mashad doing gait analysis, which will be great. Uh, Dr. Terry Elder doing lumbosacral and COC1 palpation and adjustment. Dr. Erica Menerick doing pa pediatrics and pregnancy. Dr. Rich Ohm, lumbar instability and low tech rehab. Daris, Dr. Sarah Maki, uh, Achilles tendinopathy. And then we got Dr. Jason Ohm doing shoulder. And we got Dr. Torben Jensen doing the wrist. So we got everything. And so uh, it's a time where you can't go to live workshops and seminars and events. Uh, so we're going to try our best to give you the second best thing there, which is going to be some uh, virtual hands-on demonstrations of these conditions in body parts. So again, that's going to be uh, July 10th and 11th, and I'll get more details out for sure as far as registration and everything like that. So, all right, without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Mark King of the Motion Palpation Institute. All right. Welcome to the uh, Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your second time on. I always enjoy talking to you, Mark. So I, I really appreciate you coming on. Great to be here, brother. Yeah. You know, in the intro, I talked about the support collaborative that we're kind of doing to try to help uh, chiropractors out during this really weird time. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, younger docs and students and even uh, docs I've been around for a little bit are concerned about it. Um, how how are things going in, in practice for you guys right now? This is this is late uh, May and we're still kind of in this COVID thing. But how's it going? Well, it, this has been a stressful time, I think, for everybody. And I and I've had a lot of different thoughts and considerations with this. We never actually we were one of the offices that never did shut down, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we kind of uh, we furloughed some employees, so we did that for a while yep. with some of them. We brought them all back now, but or almost all of them back. Couple of them are still concerned, and, and uh, my my explanation to them is, you know, if you're going to feel unsafe, you know, don't, don't come back. I mean, I don't want you, we're dealing with the public. Yeah, you know, you can't guarantee that it, it, it's going to be, you know, COVID free. Mm -hmm. So I simply say, if you feel unsafe, don't come back. And most all of our people have come back. Now we had a bunch of part time LMTs. Uh, that we still haven't brought back just because we haven't figured out the logistics of that again. Mm -hmm. It's been a great thing for our practice clinically, but it's just a lot of people because they, what they do is they all work uh, kind of typically four five, six hours a week. Yeah. And then they go to their private practice the rest of the time. So we have a lot of them, you know, 20, some of 22 or tw 23 of them all coming in working, you know, a few hours mm -hmm. per week. So logistically bringing them back has been a little challenging so we just haven't brought them back yet um so we were kind of running at half half of our normal uh number of people that we would patients we would see and now we're about three quarters so we're getting back closer and closer to normal we're just doing the steps that uh, we're you know the hoops we're supposed to jump through to make make everybody feel uh you know safe mm -hmm. as best we can um 
but uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, I've never seen anything like this in, in my years of practice. I've never seen anything quite as disruptive as, as this. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, Not it's crazy. Close. It's crazy. Obviously some people are dealing with it a little bit more close than others, depending on if you're practicing in, you know, New York and some of these other places versus right. in the Midwest or something, but it's, it's a challenge. And that's obviously something that we're trying to help uh, chiropractors navigate this because no matter who you are right now, it's really impacting you one way or the other. And it, and it could impact the profession for the foreseeable future. Right. And one of the things, and I, I said this to you um, a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, you know, this is not an ideal setting. Uh, this is a, a big stress for people and very challenging. Um, you know, uh, the, the advantage I have over other people, uh, you know, obviously I've been in practice for a long time, so I have a, a bigger patient base. But I, I'll, I just will dig in and work harder. We'll, we'll do more marketing. We'll do, um, which we've never really done much. Uh, we're, you know, trying to do a little bit now. And we're um, just here. We spread out our hours. We're here more because we can't have as many people in the office at the same time. Mm-hmm. So my attitude has always been I can just outwork everybody else and, I, and we'll be fine. And my docs in my office all have a very similar attitude. So... I think, you know, you don't want to use this as an excuse to say, okay, I give up and, and uh, I'm going to just tap out and just just blame COVID for the rest of my life for my failure in my practice. Because while it is a huge thing, huge, and and it's a big deal, especially for the younger docs, it is not completely insurmountable. And there are steps you can take, and we can talk about a few of those, but there are steps we can take to to keep it going. And, And there's always going to be something that's going to be a challenge. You'll have a disruptive staff member. You'll have, you'll have a bad weather. You, you know, there's just going to be stuff, and this is just stuff on steroids, obviously. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. That's one way of putting it. You know, and that's when we had our Zoom call with the six of us in this support collaborative. We we're like, what, what are some of the things that we can help? You know, we're not looking to help, say, the profession. A lot of people are already doing that. We're trying to help the practices, the, the chiropractors individually, and, and start to get a narrative around uh, what this could look like. And one of the things we really honed in on was the idea of a group practice. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of variables that would uh, go into what a group practice is, but how would you define a kind of a group practice in general? Well, there's, there's a ton of different ways to define it. In, in other words, it could be just a husband and wife chiropractic team for that's how I started with my wife who's a mm-hmm. DC. And then, you know, uh, obviously you can add physical therapist or acupuncturist, medical doctor, you know, the list goes on. <clears throat> so the old model for chiropractic, um, especially when I started was you get a, a chiropractor, he goes in by himself, gets a CA or two and off to the races. And that model is just, uh, is still out there a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, becoming less and less popular as time goes on for multiple reasons, some financial and some kind of from an isolation standpoint. Uh, you know, some, some of us like group practices. You know, the old line is, do you play well with others? And if you do, I mean, group practice might be for you. And if you flat out don't, then a group practice probably isn't your cup of tea. Let me take a break from the podcast for a minute, and I want to discuss my clinic, Health Fit Chiropractic and Sports Recovery, Boca Raton, Miami, Florida. We got two offices, and we just redid our site. We hired John Morrison and his team at Get Clear Sites to give us a great look, a clear message, compelling content, 
And, you know, I just love working with John, and, and I know many of you do as well. Uh, John specializes in working with chiropractors, and he's got great pricing packages for all budgets. John promised me that if you mention the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show, or MCM, he will give you a great deal on your new site. So take a look at get, getclearsites.com and schedule a demonstration of their amazing platform. You won't regret it. It's user-friendly, looks amazing, and just is going to be a game changer for your practice. But from a financial standpoint, it certainly has some advantages. And what are some of those advantages? Well, like we have in our office, we have eight chiropractors and we have three DPTs. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we do some dry needling. We have nutrition. and um, an easy example is we have an x-ray unit. Now, if I was starting out my own office by myself, I certainly would not have an x-ray unit. And I know most of the people listening to this, they don't have an x-ray unit. And I would, my advice to them would be don't have one. Yeah. But if you have eight chiropractors who all take a few x-rays here and there, they add up to enough to make it a convenience and a clinical, uh, nice little clinical touch. And, and, and it's worth having. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 that's one thing, you, you know, the, the phone system, everything gets divided. Mm -hmm. So in the end, from a financial standpoint, obviously the goal is to be able to make more money. But the other thing is, is that it gives you more freedom. If you want to go on vacation, your people are taken care of. If you want to go on a, a one week vacation, you don't have to just completely shut your office doors. Your patients are going to be taken care of while you're gone. And so that's a big advantage. One of the ones I like particularly is just the brainstorming. Uh -huh. <laughs> because we have so many, we, we have classes, we bring in different instructors to do classes here right in our office, whether it's a DNS class or something related to MPI or radiology or nutrition, we can do it all right here because we start off with eight people attending the class and, and some of the classes that are not for, uh, you know, not for manual care, uh, our, D our DPTs attend too. Like when we do a DNS class here, we've done a bunch of them. The, the DPTs attend the class also. So we have 11 people that can uh, attend the class. Well, counting our PTA, we have 12 starting right off. So we already have, you know, half of what we need to be able to run a class. And you get a few buddies from the area to attend and you can have a class right in your own office. And that's an example. But, mm -hmm. you know, one of the docs came in and said, hey, can you look at this ankle x-ray this morning? Well, I'm not a DAC bar, but, you know, I was able to help him. And and I've done the same thing with him. I've showed, asked him to look at some of my, you know, whoever's around, you can ask him. So kind of clinically, if you want to discuss a case or whatever, it's just, it's just a great resource because, you know, the people in my office, quite frankly, are super smart and they're clinically outstanding. And I really respect their opinions. And, and when they give me a, their comments about something about a patient I'm seeing or struggling with, yeah, I very much appreciate it. Uh, I love it. That's, and I think that's something I've gotten from it as well. Obviously, you have a, a, a big group. Now, do you, do you see any, and that doesn't have to be your clinic per se, it could be, but in general, you've talked to so many chiropractors. What are some of the cons of a group practice that could potentially uh, be something to look out for? Yeah, I mentioned the first one, the most important one is uh, play well, uh, do you yeah. play well with others. And then, I, I mean, I make, I make that jokingly, but I'm dead serious that it, it, if you are not that kind of guy, that's good, that wants to be in that kind of setting, boy, that's a, that's a, a recipe for, for a mess mm -hmm. right there. Um, you know, a lot of it is uh, the, the, of the cons mostly stem from ego, uh, yeah. you know, people not getting along and, um, you know, kind of competitiveness that some competition's good, but sometimes, it, you know, you get just kind of petty human 
issues. That's really more of what the cons are than anything else that you don't get to be the one and only voice for the clinic. Uh, everybody wants to have their input. So, you know, if you only want to always have, if you want to always have your way, yeah, you know, group practice is tough because, you know, these other people, especially if they're talented, they have good opinions. And if you don't really want to hear those opinions, then that's a big con. So th there aren't a lot of cons other than the human experience. That's really what a lot of it is, is just, you know, dealing with humans. That's, that's what it boils down to. And humans can be difficult. <laughs> humans can be difficult. Yes. That's, yeah. Well, Whitehall, this uh, Greg Stanley years ago said the only problem you're going to have in practice is the patients and the staff and the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty well covers it. That yeah, guy, that's, that's about right. That, when people are involved, there can be, it can be uh, complicated. That's, that's funny. And then how do you guys divvy up patients? Because I know that's usually a concern when you get multiple providers. Obviously, sometimes it's easy if the patient calls and says, I want to see Dr. Smith. But if they just call, how do you disperse out these patients? Okay, so uh, pretty simple. Uh, it, we figured it out uh, right about, well, I forget exactly now, but the 75 to 80% of our new patient call-ins ask for a specific doctor. Okay. So they go to that specific doctor. Then if, we, if they don't ask for a specific doctor, we try and get them to the new doc. Mm -hmm. you know, because the new doc usually has space available. And we want to help them build their practice. Yep. So let's say Dr. Smith is here and uh, has space available this afternoon for a, somebody called at 8 o'clock this morning, wants to be seen, but wants to see me or, or didn't care if they, who they see. He mm -hmm. did not ask for a specific doc. We'll put them in at four o'clock that afternoon with Dr. Smith and, and that helps them build their practice and it gets the patient in more quickly, which is obviously helpful for them. Yes. So it's pretty straightforward. They go to whoever they ask for, unless they don't ask for somebody, then they go to the, the new guy. And eventually once everyone's up to balance, uh, everyone's kind of got a busy practice, then it, Quite frankly, then it boils down to just who's got an open space. Gotcha. So we have a couple of newer practitioners here in our office who still usually have space in their, in their uh, appointment book within a day or two. So we'll generally get the, the we call them freebies, meaning mm -hmm. they don't specifically ask for a doc. We'll put them with them. And then, you know, they do such a good job. They turn them into good patients who refer other ones. And that's just how you build it. That's great. And then, um, you mentioned to be able to take vacations or time off, or I know like for you, you obviously travel usually not right now, but usually travel a lot right. for M MBI. Um, what, what about the continuity of care and then being able to see, like the other providers seeing your patients and then being okay. How have you managed that in your practice? I'm glad you asked that question because that's so important. That's a big yeah. one. So one of the things I see doctors do wrong when they bring on an associate independent contractor, whatever, is they don't help them build their practice mm -hmm. or they, they hire the wrong person who they help build their practice, who then screws it up. Yep. So that ties into that idea is boy, you better screen hard on the front end and get a superstar, get somebody who's clinically compatible because if they're not clinically compatible with you, it's just going to create a mess. I've had spoken to so many doctors who say, yeah, well, my patients won't, um, they won't see anybody but me in the clinic. And I'm, I'm like, and, and then I, if I know who their associate doc is, I'm like, I, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, because you hired a schmuck and <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. I can tell you one thing in my clinic, I, there's other seven docs that people were happy to see the, these other docs. Not, so anyway, back to your point, this ties in with my obsession about care plans. 
So let's say I see a new patient and I'm gone a lot because I do, like you said, the MPI stuff and, or I'm traveling or whatever <coughs> for vacation or whatever it might be. I have them on a care plan. So when they see one of the other doctors, um, the doctor looks at the care plan and says, and he sees what I've been adjusting. And now they can adjust something different. They can do something different, but just as clinically indicated, I want them to try to stay to the plan. But if the patient comes in and says, yeah, I hurt my knee and I was treating them for a shoulder problem. Well, they've got to evaluate the knee and do all that. But generally they try and stay on the, on the care plan as, as I have laid out. So it's laid out for them. And I do a, a, a reasonably good job of documentation. So they know what's happening. You know, like they have, uh, you know, a, a hip replacement. So don't, don't work on that hip or they have, they're, ha they're fearful of having their neck adjusted because of they read some goofy stuff. And so we don't do, we don't adjust their neck that way, do more soft tissue or more drop table or something like that. So that's in the notes. So they see what they need to do. So they're, they're happy to see my patients and keep that going. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand-in-hand -hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. So I, you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. This is a big, big topic. So a couple points. So if you put them on a care plan, the other doc just keeps it rolling. So I always tell my patients, listen, I'm sometimes difficult to schedule with. Be happy to schedule with any of the other uh, doctors here. They'll do a better job than I will. And, and they, then they will schedule with the other ones. And I tell all my docs here as the, as the lead doc here, I say to them, if you ever want to steal my patients and take over care with a patient, please do. Mm -hmm. And because I know the patient's going to get good care with them, I know they're going to be more available than I am. They're going to do a great job. And so they steal some of my patients and that works out great. Now the other docs don't care, don't like the idea of stealing the patients, but they do have them see each other's patients mm -hmm. uh, like when, when unavailable. So that works out well. So there's, and there's always a little bit like, you know, a certain patient's a little tricky. So you don't want them to see anybody else in the office beside you because they're, you know, there's too many tricky components that does happen. But in general, what I'm saying is the patients see the other docs, but only as needed for, they normally have their designated doc who they see and our oh. physical therapists do the same thing. They get scheduled with the, the, like Dr. Stavok. And if they need to see Dr. Frankie, they can see her, but generally they stay with that one. So they stay with the, the primary doc, but see them, the other ones as needed. I'm getting a little long-winded on no, this. No, it's perfect. You know, it's, and that's kind of what I've been experiencing. I've got a really good associate in my office in Boca and he, MPI guy. So that's been, uh, you know, he came out of the, 
out of the gates, just really knowing how to treat patients and how to palpate and adjust and had a good rehab background. So it was a really good fit for my practice. And he's so key. Oh, it's huge. And it, the continuity of care was like, was kind of almost there out of the gates. Cause obviously I was MPI trained and so it really helped. And, um, he's just been really good. And I actually, back in January, I took Fridays off. So I got down to a Monday, Thursday, and he was running the office on Fridays and it went totally fine. And then during this whole COVID-19, we closed our practice for a month. And, you know, I just decided based on all the stuff that I have going on and some of my long-term goals and obviously with the new, the new baby on the way too, or that's here now, um, I'm only practicing Mondays and Thursdays now. And I'm going to stick with that. And he's handling the other days. And a lot of the patients have started to see him because Mondays and Thursdays are, book, you know, they're booking up for me and they may not be able to come in on a Monday, Thursday. And they've liked right. seeing him. And a lot of them don't necessarily want care to come back to see me. And I'm totally fine with that. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I made a good hire. <laughs> that's exactly what that means. You've got the right person. And I'm telling you. That, that is the key to this successful associateship, independent contractor, partnership, whatever, is that compatibility. It is just, I can't tell you how important it is. I mean, I just, that's where these guys, they, they get in a hurry to hire somebody or they, they, they do a sloppy job doing the background check on them and they don't know enough about them. Oh, it's just not the way to go. Yeah, it's that whole thing where the, you got to hire slow and fire fast, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've learned that lesson. And, you know, it's just been something that's taken our practice to another level in the sense of even just my, my freedom. Right. <laughs> right. So it's been, it's been good. Now, if you're associate, if you have one or multiple and they are not on just kind of a salary bonus type of thing, and you do share patients like that, how do you compensate for them seeing your patients? Well, they, so the, the way our people are set up is the, they get a percentage of their collections, um, and then we have a bonus tied into the, how much the office collects. So they have two ways they get paid. Yep. So if they see one of my patients, it's just part of their collections for that visit. Perfect. So um, uh, it, in my staff says it's easy to track, and, and, and uh-huh. it's no big deal. So if they see me twice in a week and see the other doc once, you know, he gets paid for that one, and I get paid for the other two. Yeah, that makes it easy. It makes it really easy because I think so that's, they're very in, they're very incentivized to see my patients because they're going to get paid for it. it. Some docs set it up that hey, you're going to see my patients, and uh, but you you know you're going to just do that out of the goodness of your heart, which is fine for a while. But eventually, you know, you kind of feel like, geez, I I'm doing this work. I would like to get paid. Exactly, and I've seen situations where the associate has more of a structure that's uh, eat what you kill kind of thing. And then they have them see the owner's patients, but don't really give them anything for that. And they're not really on a, a handsome salary type of situation where it would make sense, right? Right. Yeah. I just think that's a recipe for long term. Long term, that's a recipe for failure. Exactly. And I, and I think the way you have it structured is great. And so then it kind of rolls into my next question because it sounds like you can have a group practice without it being ownership interest per se. Is that correct? You can do it either way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You could have, I guess if you had three people, you could have three owners and whatever the divvied up percentages are, that's fine. But it doesn't necessarily mean all people own the practice, right? Yeah. You can definitely go either way on that. And some people don't want to own the practice. You notice that uh, 
I mean, some of the younger docs, uh, particularly are just uh, coming out of school these days and getting started. They don't necessarily care because if you're, if you're getting paid for what you do, you, it's kind of like, well, what's the difference kind of thing because mm -hmm. they have their practice sort of within the practice. Yeah. That's a, that, and that's a whole, and speaking of which you can also do a, just a shared, a shared office where everyone does have their own practice with it under the, and you hire one CA and it, then it's very separated. Yep. We're all under one umbrella, one company. Yeah. And so it, it can definitely go either way on that. They can buy in or not buy in and uh, either way can work. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I like is where, you know, you got the, the doctors in there and they have a sense of ownership and, and what you guys are doing is feeding them patients under this, kind of big practice that you developed over the years. And so the young docs are benefiting and they grow their practice where a lot of times you see the owner can't really afford an associate. So they do this kind of cockamamie structure where it's heavy on the uh, percentage, low on any type of salary or pay, but then refuse to give that young associate any patients like you got to go out and drag them into the office you know and i've and i've made that mistake early on in my career yeah i've seen that a bunch a bunch of times kevin and it, it there's just no way that's gonna these new docs i've seen it where they said all the new patients go to the the new the, the owner doctor i mean yep all new patients go to the owner doctor unless they specifically ask for the associate doctor yep. well that's that's tough i mean you know they have to go out and build a practice i get it but it, you know part of the reason you go into being an associate is to get some help. Mm -hmm. And then the owner doctor might say, well, you know, I'm sure the guy's going to screw up some of the handling of some of these patients. Well, yeah. yeah. Well then you did a number one, you need to do a better job screening on the front end. And number two, yes, every new doctor is going to mishandle some of the new patients, meaning they overtreat or undertreat or, you know, should have referred out and didn't refer out, whatever the, whatever they did wrong. But yeah, that's part of learning. Yeah. And, and again, you know, if you're not ready to have that, then you're not ready to have the associate or the independent contractor in your building. So you have to have that honest conversation with yourself. Exactly. And I think the reality of it is, as an owner, we sometimes fail to realize how hard if, if you had um, not your own practice name, you had no Google, no, it's not your website at all. It's not any of that stuff. You actually had to go out in the community and get people to come in and specifically ask for you. Um, that can be challenging, right? Like yes. to, to go from scratch, like from zero, it can really take a lot of time to do that. And if you put that associate on a, on a split, that's not that favorable with no, no salary whatsoever, and you're not giving them any new patients that that's just really, there's a few people that can do it. There's no doubt. There's going to be some exceptions to the rule, but that's really hard setup. My question on that is the people that can really do that. Why do they need to associate? <laughs> exactly. And then they get, then the owner gets mad when they leave and he, the one that did, the one that could do it and built it up, they get mad that they left after a couple of years. Right. Yeah. You've got, you know, you, 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 I know it's corny, but if you don't try and set it up from the get go with a win, win, yeah. you know, these guys are too smart. These young docs coming out are too smart. They, you, they figure out that they're getting abused and you know, on the other hand, the, the owner doctors are also smart and they, they have to say, you know, if this associate's not doing anything to build a practice, not managing their patients, not a hard worker, the owner doctor is only going to put up with that so long and they're eventually going to dump them too. So it goes both ways. It's not like it's a one-way street on that. A, a great associate, a great owner doctor 
they both have to be great in each direction. Yeah, absolutely. And then like when, when does it, when would an owner know that they're ready for an associate? Okay. So one thing that, you know, we always use this phrase that I got from, uh, I think I got it from that Greg Stanley I mentioned earlier, this capacity mm-hmm. blocks idea. So are people unable to get into you in a timely manner? We want people to get into our office as a new patient within a couple of days, mm-hmm. same day, the next day, or the next day at the latest, somebody's going to have an opening to get them in. <clears throat> so we want to be able to get people in because a lot of times they're hurting or whatever. And we just want to get them. Why not? We have enough docs and we're busy. So let's, uh, somebody's going to have an opening despite the busyness. Um, <clears throat> So uh, say the question again. Yeah, just basically like if you're the owner, how do you know? When do you know that you need it? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because this is such a big thing that I see. Another thing that we do wrong a lot is that can you afford, the question we should should ask is can I afford to to pay this doc, this associate doctor, if despite their perhaps being slow growth? Mm -hmm. So you have to say, can I get a superstar? And if I can get a superstar and bring them in, then can I? they're still going to have some time to build up you know, can I afford to pay them for a while uh, to, to grow? Another question we were just talking about, can I give them some new patients? Mm-hmm. Because I can't afford to give them any new patients. I'm not ready for an associate. Yeah. So are you, are you willing to, lo- to give up a little bit of control? Because if you're a complete control freak, don't bring on an associate. Yeah, they're gonna not, you're not going to like them and they're not going to like you. So you, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to have a few co- uh, honest conversations with yourself. You know, do I honestly have too many new patients to bring somebody in? Um, and then the other one they say is, oh, okay, if I bring an associate, I guess I will double my income. Well, that's just not true. Yeah. That's not how that works. So you make some money, sure, and uh, typically not so much the first year, mm-hmm. but if you make some money, that's great. But again, you, you're, not, you're not even going to come close to doubling your salary if you did it all by yourself. So anyway... Those are some real important questions to ask, and and I'm glad you asked that question twice. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then if you know if it becomes a a successful associateship, uh, have you seen experiences where uh, later partnership has worked out and how that uh, what that looks like? Yeah, the, you know the, the whole idea that you date for a while before you get married. <laughs> so yes, I have plenty. The trick is, though, how do you guys do when you were owner and associate doc? Will you, you respect each other? Are you clinically compatible? That is huge. If you're a mediocre owner doctor clinically and you bring on a, uh, a mediocre doc, it might, that might be fine because you're compatible. If you're a, a super sharp owner doctor, don't bring on anybody mediocre or, or worse. Mm-hmm. It just won't work. The, the patients won't want to see them. So <clears throat> I always talk about, like the docs in this office, like we have Dr. Eric Iselt has been with in this office for, I don't know, 23 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's got the biggest, probably the biggest practice in Ohio, but <clears throat> he's just a, a superstar chiropractor and uh, personally, and he's a great, he's just a great doc. Well, if he, if you see one of his patients and you don't have an A game, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's it. You're done. They're not going to tolerate it. These people, they like him personally, but he has, he's such, so good from a manual care standpoint that, that you're going to have to bring that A game. So the next person, the next couple of docs we brought in were a couple of NYCC grads, very sharp, very, very uh, clinically astute, on and on and on. 
And so they just fit right in because they, I, you know, I know that my patients can see them and be very, they're going to be very comfortable. Eric knows they can see his patients and they're, they're going to be okay. So that compatibility thing is just, is just huge. And that's the ones that end up working are the ones where they're somewhat compatible. And uh, if there's a, if there's an imbalance in clinical ability, it never works. That makes sense. And so let's like touch like on a doctor I saw. He's obviously doing really well within your practice. And so he's able to make probably more money than someone else that's not in in the practice if they're not keeping up with his numbers or sometimes maybe even make more money than if he had his own practice by himself. So, make- so are you asking, could he make more money on his own? No, I guess like it sounds like he's able to make as much money as he kind of wants to because he's growing a practice and he's getting a percentage and it's a nice structure where it's not this like fixed number. So he's got this almost like this ownership mentality. Oh, absolutely. I didn't understand what you were saying there at first. Because it was a terrible question. Sorry. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so, so the way he, he I, I think he looks at it is he, he doesn't necessarily want to be hassled with the administrative stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's willing to pay some money for that. Mm-hmm. So he can do what he really likes and is good at. Why yep. be miserable? Yep. I just had this conversation the other day with one of our docs and she wanted to switch to, she wanted to start at eight o'clock in the morning instead of seven o'clock in the morning with her mm-hmm. morning shift. And I was like, okay, whatever. And um, I said, why, you know what, if you hate those mornings, why be miserable? I mean, yep. figure out a way to make it work for you. So if, if you don't like the idea of managing a clinic and that doesn't appeal to you, why be miserable? Don't, don't do, don't do it. Yeah. So f- find a good situation where you can be a clinician. And like one of my buddies is internal medicine. He's never had his own practice. He, no one knows that because he has a practice. He works, he's, his office is technically owned by one of the hospitals, but uh. him and a couple other docs are in his office and they no one would ever know that he doesn't own the office <laughs> but he doesn't really want to deal with hiring and firing of staff and uh-huh. ordering ordering supplies or whatever he don't want to deal with any of that so he pays a, essentially pays a fee to the hospital right yep. and um they like him and he likes them and so he technically has never owned his own clinic but like i said no one would know it so but he just takes out that hassle uh-huh. he, he can focus on being a really good clinician which is perfect. So, and that's kind of like what I was saying as well is that he's able to focus on his unique abilities, what he loves to do, make good money under this umbrella, this group practice. But even if like, if he took his practice and tried to replicate, if he was by himself and tried to replicate all that your practice offers, right? Cause you guys got a lot of space, you got a lot of staff, you got all those good things. Mm-hmm. He could bring the same revenue in by himself, but maybe not as much take home because of all of the expenses of having that practice, not divvied yeah, he up. Was certainly, yeah. He would certainly end up seeing less patients mm-hmm. because he don't, he only have so many hours in a week. He'd have to spend a certain amount of time dealing with it, with the office. So exactly. he, that doesn't interest him. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need me for a second. Yep. And I have to say the, the docs I have here, none of them need me. So I think that's great. They, they know that they can walk away from the deal. And the only reason they're going to stick around is because they like the group practice. They like the fact that I don't bother bother them, and and and, and they know deep in their heart they don't need me. Yeah. So I think that's great. 
And I know f- just from personally talking to you, you haven't had high turnover of doctors, which is great. I mean, there's always going to be some, but you've had a lot of doctors there for quite a while. Right. We have had very little turnover. That's been a beautiful thing. And, um, it, you know, the whole idea, whether it's staff or <clears throat> docs, you know, like we just went through a real, we lost a bunch of people here recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, who I, I loved her. This other guy was a CA, moved to Columbus. Another one I lo- just uh, is moving to Chicago. One got a big corporate job, and she moved out. So we just lost four superstars, like bang, 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 all, you know, all at, at once almost. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. And it, so sometimes <clears throat> you're going to get thrown these curveballs. Well, how are you going to manage all that? Yeah. Now, I have an advantage. Um, I deal more with the docs. And my wife, who is a DC, she manages the, uh, her and our office manager manage the CAs more. Okay. So there's a lot of, I get a lot of help that way. Yep. And um, so I'm able to stay clinical. Um, yeah. And the docs are relatively, the docs I have are relatively easy to, to deal with. I just have to communicate with them. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we make it a point to go to lunch periodically and just chat it up. And, and since I like them mm-hmm. and they may be faking, but I think they like me, <laughs> um, we, I like spending time with them whether in the office or out of the office, I, I like uh, spending time with them anyway. So it makes it easier to keep the lines of communication open. Um, and I think that's, you know, in, in the end, everything comes down to communication. Absolutely. That's perfect. Now, one last question on this is if someone is interested in really diving into, because there's, you know, there's only so much you can talk about in a podcast because there's legal components to this. So did you work with a, an attorney or a consultant or anybody on how to structure something like this? Well, I had I have taken practice management uh, classes over the years, certainly, yep. and I've read tons of management books, and I, uh, you know, I, I really work to to try and learn more about it as you go along. You know, you can you can turn yourself into a better manager, <coughs> owner, entrepreneur, whatever terminology you want to use, leader. <coughs> you can you can study that, and there's. Uh, and actually on the MPI's website, the motionpalpation.org website, we have some non-clinical books listed or some of the books that I've read and recommended mm-hmm. um, over the years that have been very helpful for that. So um, I, of course, have had a healthcare related attorney help us with contracts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've always been, tried to make sure that the contracts are very tight, very, you know, everything by the book. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't want there to be any room for problems down the road because where, where, where some of us screw up is we, we don't bother with an, with, a, with a contract or we get a, we borrow a contract from somebody else that's, yeah. you know, crazy, or we have unrealistic demands. I always tell the doc, if you get a contract for a new associate position and the contract's 15 pages long, yeah. that's all you need to know. That's yeah. not where you want to be there's something weird that you would need a contract for a chiropractic associate that's 15 pages long. Uh You know what I mean? Like it's, that is no way that makes any sense. And and I'm not saying that you don't, it's not going to be lengthy and and legalese and all that. I'm just saying at some point you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not flying to the moon. You're, you're, you're getting an associate position. And they, if it's that complicated, that's a red flag. Another one is if, is an associate is if the, if the, pay scale it's so complicated you can't figure it out yeah. that's a red flag yeah yeah so so there's there there are things to look for and save yourself from heart some heartache listen to those red flags you're not going to get a perfect situation none of the none of my docs would say it's perfect here 
uh, we're going to always have stuff, again, back to the human experience. Mm -hmm. But there are red flags that we have a tendency to ignore, and then we try and fix it after the fact. And I'm saying, uh, you're going to have to fix some things after the facts, but fact, but you want to minimize, minimize those. So if you do that hard screening and really make sure, and I will give one disclaimer, I, I, I have an advantage. I meet all these docs out when I'm teaching. I, I work with student reps who are just, my goodness, they're sharp. And so I have that advantage. I mean, Jason Placeway has been here for, I don't know, what is he, 15 years maybe or 12 years? I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, he's, just a, he's just a stud of a guy and a, and a chiropractor, sharp as it can be. And, and, but I knew him from working with, he was a student rep for us from Logan. He's just a sharp guy. So, yeah. And that helps. Your talent acquisition is definitely high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, I do have an advantage. I have yeah. to say that. Yeah, which is part of the whole process too, and not to to belabor it, but if you're an owner, what can you start doing to improve your talent acquisition? If you're a student or a young doc, what can you start doing to um, get yourself in front of really good docs like yourself and Brett Winchester and Corey Campbell and all those guys? Like, what can you do to really stand out in the crowd to get these good opportunities? Because otherwise, it's not going to happen. And, and then it's just, I always find it ironic because the, we have a problem where a lot of owners are really trying to pigeonhole associates into situations where it's not, it's just too tenuous. It's not going to work. We talked about that. Maybe they can't afford it or whatever, but it's like a lot of times those owners went through the same crap as an associate too and got taken advantage of. And then they become an owner at some point and they say, oh, well, that's how it was for me. And they kind of justify it that way. And it, it, we just got to stop that from happening, you know? Such a good point, Kevin. The, the, you know, the old line of hurt people, hurt people, abuse people, abuse people. Yep. That, that just because you got abused as an associate, I think you should take it the other way and say, okay, I got abused as an associate. I want to I treat people the, the way they're supposed to be treated. Yep. So you have to go in there with the idea of, as I said before, win-win. If you don't, uh, it, it's not going to work. And then you have all the heartache of that. And then you, you, you complain and you, you know, it just go, it goes on and on. Um, yeah, that's, it's just, it just, you have to start that. I just want to really beat that point down that mm -hmm. you have to start with compatible relative. If you're clinically excellent, you got to start with that now. So one of the things we do with MP, if you're an MPI doc, let's say mm -hmm. MPI has a, as a classified ad, you can run an ad that you're looking for an associate mm -hmm. and um, we can put it on the website for you. Yep. And then the, the MPI related people will reach out to you. Because they, if it's an area that they want to consider living in and working in, they'll reach out to you. And um, you'll meet, you know, you have to be around some of the, if you're trying to get a new graduate, you have to be around some of them. Do you, are you going to an MPI class or some other class where there might be some, uh, be some students mm -hmm. that you could meet and talk to? Uh, have you volunteered your time at a school to talk to them? Um, you know, they're not just magically going to show up at your door. That's just not how it works. Yeah. Um, you, you do, but if you let's say you're a uh, <clears throat> let's say you're a, a MDT or a DNS or ART kind of guy, let's just say, you know, they may have the, the, those same kind of classified ads, so to speak. I'm not sure, but you know, if you're in those classes, you do start to meet people, and and if you're just by yourself in one little town, uh, never talk to any other chiropractors, you're going to have to network. In other words, if you're going to meet some of these people and eventually find that superstar associate doc.
Yeah, you know, down in Florida, I've got some colleagues that reach out to me or I talk to and they have no real footing in, in these types of circles and they just are on their own island. And when they tell me they're going to put a classified ad up in the uh, Florida Chiropractic Association's ads, I'm like, oh, good luck with that, you know. Well, uh, it's just you're going to have to screen a lot, a it, lot of people. Exactly. I mean, if, you get, if you get somebody that's compatible with what you already do and you know they've done extra work, let's say they're a student that's done all the stuff at school and done well with school. But then on top of that, let's just make something up. Like your MPI, let's say you're, you know, you're really a McKenzie specialist just to pick something. Mm-hmm. And you know that this person besides all their school has gone and done McKenzie A, B, C, and D and done all this stuff or something comparable to that. You know that they're above and beyond. That's a great starting point. They're yep. willing to do the work. As Corey Campbell says, are they intrinsically motivated? Mm-hmm. And somebody that's a McKenzie person that's taken three or four of the, you know, gotten certified three or four of the levels, you know, those are intrinsically motivated people. They're trying to figure it out. So I, I think that's a great place to start is that person that that's, that's that, that's got that passion for learning, that passion to, to be the best. Uh, it, it, it goes a long way. Perfect. Well, you know, there's a lot of ways you can dice up a group practice, whether it's ownership interest or not, and, you know, all kinds of different ways of doing it. I think ultimately it's got to be fair for, for all people involved, and that's something that you've accomplished. So I appreciate you helping us forward this narrative a little bit. Let me, let me say one more thing on yep. this, Kevin, is that I, I don't want to give people the impression that uh, it's not without its bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, we've, we did a whole – strategic planning thing. We've got another meeting we have yet to do, but we did a whole strategic planning thing that we did about a year and a half ago and we've done over the last uh, year and a half and, uh, and do it in stages. And, and um, it was extremely helpful for us, but there was some pain involved in it. And I, I could go into some of the details, but we're going to run out of time. But my point is, is that I don't want people to think this is just always smooth at my office because that's just not true. It's just the same thing I tell from a clinical standpoint about MPI. If you listen to me talking in a lecture, you think, oh, well, all my patients get better. Well, no, they don't. I have failures just like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And I have to refer people out. And I have to get other people to help me just like everybody else does. Yeah. So I don't want to give people the idea that it, it, it's, it's always easy and always smooth. It, you know, we, I'm doing as much as I can to eliminate those bumps in the road, but you can't eliminate them altogether. Let's face it, COVID. And one of my docs, Dr. Kowalski, we were talking and she was an old MPI rep from New York and just as sharp as she can be. She looked me dead in the eye and said, I'll do whatever we need to do here to make sure this place keeps going in a positive direction with all this COVID, uh, all this COVID-19 stuff. And I was like, you know, she would just, you know, whatever she has to do, she's going to just, she, she's just intrinsically motivated. She's just a superstar. And you know, you can't, that you can't underestimate how important that is that somebody is that, dedicated. She's got that passion and certainty. She's killed herself to be great as a clinician and she has passion about helping people and being a really great chiropractor. So, I mean, that starting with that, even though we might butt heads on something tomorrow over Mm -hmm. something, I'm just saying at least I'm, I'm starting from the standpoint of she's honest, she's sharp, she's ethical. She's got all that going for it on the way in. And 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 an office we both know in Tennessee just hired an associate. And, mm-hmm. and sharp owner, sharp associate. Now you still don't, you still don't know if it's going to work out. Yeah. But at least they're starting from the standpoint of both honest guys, both clinically excellent. You would send your mother to either one of them, and you think it's going to work. You still never know. 
Yeah. But it's at least they're starting at the on, on, at the right place at the beginning. Yeah, at least give it a chance, right? Give it a chance. <laughs> perfect. You know, I, I'm glad you you know shine some light on that and give some clarity that it's never perfect. It's not going to be perfect, like you said earlier. When humans are involved, it's never going to be perfect. Uh, right. But at least it's got a lot more positives than negatives. Right. Right. So perfect. Well, you know, I appreciate your time. I know you and I will be talking quite a bit more, and so I just want to start getting some of the information out there. Start changing the mindset narrative from the associate or potential associate and obviously the, the owner. And then, you know, maybe we start finding situations where there's more jobs available that are really good jobs and there's more exit strategies available for more docs that have been doing this for a little while. Right. Right. Yeah. I appreciate all you do for, in this regard. It's, it's really, you do some great stuff and, and I always love talking to you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care, Kevin. Before you go, this is Kevin again. I want to invite you to our new website, modernchiropracticmarketing.com. It's the same URL as before, but we completely revamped it. Uh, we've got a really well-developed blog on there now where we've got guest contributors and myself putting blogs on there at least a couple times a month and good information. We've got the podcast on there with the links to download it, but also each show now has very well-developed show notes links and the transcript in it so you can get all that information there if there's anything you heard on the episode it's all found right into there so we've got a nice uh, podcast section for it and then also you'll see on the home page we've got some other ways you can uh, get the content from us obviously there's a podcast i really encourage you to subscribe uh, there's also you can request to join the free facebook group that is also called the modern chiropractic marketing uh, group and that is free and request to join you do have to be a chiropractor there's a couple questions you'll answer but a lot of good information there so we'd love to have you inside there uh, next we have the chiropractic success academy which you can enroll in uh, for many parts of the year you have to join a wait list and then we do we open it up the next time it's being open is uh, in october of, of 2019 and so if you're hearing this uh, now uh, you just join the wait list. We'd love to have you inside there. And then lastly, um, there is some one-on-one -on -one coaching, which we're calling uh, the MCM Mastery. And that's because I am helping you master the principles of the uh, of what we discuss uh, in all the, you know, the, the podcast, the Facebook group, and giving you a clear path to implementing this in your practice and ultimately optimizing it and automating it making your your practice predictable as far as uh, cash flow and so there'll also a lot be a lot of business uh, coaching and accountability uh, presently that is filled i have a limited amount of people i can help out and i want to make sure that when i am helping out chiropractors one-on-one -on -one, i can give them my full attention so i had to cap it at a certain number but feel free to fill out the form request uh, do spots do open up and so you can ask me and I'd love to have you if there is a spot there so check that out and uh, I hope you find this website and especially the content aspect of it that we develop uh, very useful for you my, my goal always is to uh, provide you with as much free information as possible and then uh, we could take it from there if you need the dots to be connected a little bit more that's why we have the chiropractic success academy and the mc and the mcm mastery talk to you next episode